right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tigres of Norte month on the Yeah Man podcast. How are you doing? Did he just say Jew? He said you. The two Jews. <laughs> you know? The three wise men, you know? <laughs> what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, man. Hope you guys are doing great. Great, great, great. I'm doing all right. I cannot complain. Still fat on this 8th of January. Fuck, dude. Just trying to giddy up and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's hard. It's hard to get back on the fucking horse. I mean, after you've been off the horse for so long. It's hard, dude. Dude, I've been doing push-ups. Oh, shit. Been been struggling to do push-ups. Dude, I was just busting out 25, 45 about five months ago. Shit, I'm over here struggling at 11. I couldn't even do 20, dude. Shit, I'm over here have a body looking like a fucking grape and shit with legs. <laughs> man, oh man. I got me some kettlebells. Kettlebells. Doesn't that, don't you, don't you hate that when you say something and you like mumble it or you stutter it or you just totally flub the line? Oh, how I despise myself when I do that. I want perfection. I'm a perfectionist. One thing that I did learn in acting class, we'll get back to the kettlebells in a sec. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Edwin San Juan, he's been on the podcast. There you go. Give you the etymology of the word, right? The fuck is that? Who knows, you know? Uh, it was David Mamet's book. It's uh, Being Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable. I believe that's a quote. No, no. What acting is, is being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's what it is. I always strive to be a perfectionist. If I messed up my name, even as a little kid, dude. You know, even on homework, on on a test, I always erase it, make try to make it look perfect. In the end, it doesn't matter. You just got to keep going. That moment is past. Just like last year, right? <laughs> That's why you got to keep doing it, man. Just keep going forward. But yeah, man, old, oh my God, it's disgusting, dude. Dude, these like, I have almost skinny-ass arms. Like, I got, I got big forearms, but not, no biceps, you know? It's all flat. Yeah, man, trying to get back on the horse. Trying to get back on the horse. El Caballo. Or El Cabello, right? Cabello, Caballo, whatever, right? Difference between hair and horse. That's what you get here on the Yeah Man podcast, you know what I mean? You get introductions to words in Spanish. It's funny, huh? (laughs) Anyways, back to the kettlebells. So, I got these kettlebells. Uh, I finally got them. I'm not, I don't feel sore. I did them last night. I did five reps. I went to the On It website. You know what I'm saying? I had to get a little uh, cheap little exercise methods. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's, it's, it's free. It's, or it's complimentary. <laughs> so, yeah, I did went on there to get some, see the, the uh, mighty, uh, the mighty uh, Joe Rogan with some little uh, free instructional classes. So, I've never messed with kettlebells. I'm just trying to get stronger in different ways opposed to the traditional strength of uh doing uh, just uh, bench presses. Um, I finally did squats. I had to start doing squats. And it felt weird. That was, a, I was a little sore, but I didn't put like mad weight on there. Shit, I went out like a, like a vagina. What, why, why, why is vagina always resonated with weakness, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. I only put like a 25 pound on there first, dude. I kind of didn't feel nothing. The 35 pound, then I kind of started feeling it. Uh, and, dude, there's dudes in there with, like, 245s and 3 4s. I was like, God damn, let's wait till these dudes leave. 
But I guess it's all in form is what it's uh, what it's all about, right? Any uh, weightlifting gurus out there? And the reason I started doing it, man, is because I like I feel like I'm like I'm losing my butt. I don't know if I'm sitting down too much or what's going on. Because when I was doing pest control, I was driving around a lot. You know, it almost seems like I was driving around more than I was than I was uh, than I was actually on my feet working. You know. So yeah, dude. It just seems like there's a reduction in butt, dude. I don't want to be all like one of those dudes that like you know, uh, you, you don't want to be a dude with a big butt, right? Or you know, a muscular butt, but yeah, at least something, you know. The only the only curve I got there is my wallet, dude. Dude, my pants are always sagging. You know, I mean, the pants are tight and they're sagging at the butt, dude. At the rump, at the gluteus maximus. Yeah, man. And it sucks, dude, because right now, like I told you, man, dude, get a little heavier and stuff. You got that like red, like those three rings around your front waist from the pants being tight when you sit down. I gotta do the old, like the old man thing, man. You know what I mean? You eat your dinner, you unbutton the pants, you sit down and relax. It's been killing me lately, dude. So I've been trying not to drink soda or any other sugary substance. I made a deal with myself. The only New Year's thing I'm gonna do is every time I eat, I'm gonna drink water with my food. And I've always heard this from people, like, I mean, I always, you know, ran it off as, uh, uh, as bullshit, was uh, that, yes, yes, drink, drink water with your food, because if you don't drink water with your food, you're not going to know what your food tastes like. You're also going to learn or know if you drink water with your food, if the food is too salty, too greasy. That's the only way you can tell. You can't tell anything if you drink soda wine or whatever wine i can let that a little slide but i'm not a wine guy i don't know i just i don't know i just don't like the taste of the wine that much i drank wine one time man it was crazy dude i was in gilroy california at a winery and this is one of the times like i've never done <laughs> already i'm telling you the setup before the setup uh i never been one of those dudes that did stand-up comedy to get women i always thought that was lame you know they're out there they're out there but i was never one of those guys but nevertheless, we were in Gilroy, California. I was with Armando Cosillo. He went up. He got the gig. He was headlining. It was some dude I never, ever heard of again and some girl and myself. I, I went up first, I think. That's what it was. Or I was hosting. I don't know what it was. But anyways, it was at a winery. I forgot what the winery was. We got a winery tour, all that stuff. And the best wine there was uh, an almond wine. But during the show... They had beer, they had wine, and mixed drinks, I think. But for some reason, I was doing a winery, so let me be a wine guy. Oh, taste the Marlowe. Oh, dude, what are you doing, dude? What's up with this guy? I'm driving, folks, to let you know. Cuba's trucking in Los Angeles. Gotta give that dude a F-U. Uh, almost cut me off here, dude. I was like, dude, come on, man. I'm in a little truck, dude. You'll phone me like an aluminum can over here. So we're over there in, uh, in Gilroy at this winery, and uh, I was drinking wine. Dude, I, was, I probably drank like eight glasses of wine. So I was like, <laughs> in wine, drinking wine opposed to beer and like liquor or whiskey and stuff, it's totally different buzz, dude. Totally different, uh, uh, I don't know, drunkenness. <laughs> and I was drinking it, right? So I'm not eight cups in, I'm having a good time. We started dancing. I'm not even a dancer, but hey, that's one of those nights, right? One of those nights. Man, and I was like, you know, I was creeping around with a very beautiful lady. She was hot, dude. The red dress and everything. 
And she, I don't know, it's one of those nights where everything clicks, right? You're not even going for it. And then, you know, they're all like, hey, what's up? And this and that. So, yeah, man, we're having good time, dude. You know what I'm saying? And then we went from the winery because it was going to close. And we did the show and we're going to go to a bar. And at that time, me and uh, <laughs> uh, Armando Cosillo were uh, all into Hank Williams Jr., and I forgot what the name of the song. I was like, why? Oh, Family Tradition. Why do I drink? Or no, why do you blow smoke? We were all singing that song in karaoke. But I, I, I'm a scotch guy. I like scotch. I like scotch because my uncle, probably about 15 years ago, he's all, hey, drink this. You never really get a hangover. Drink it with water or like soda water. Johnny Walker, you know what I mean? Some black. Every now and then we got some blue and some green. But uh, those are only on special occasions. We'll talk about that later, folks. So we go to this place, and we're doing, like, a little karaoke, me and Armando. Uh, and, you know, I'm over there with my lady, friend, moving around, this and that. Dude, I get two scotches, dude. And I just, I drink for the first one, boom. I drink the second one, boom. Less than 45 minutes later, I'm with my tab- I'm at a table with my head down. I couldn't even stand up, dude. I was done, dude. I was done. And that girl wasn't done. She wanted to take me and do whatever. And it never happened. And I think she did the lady thing. She didn't get with anybody else. She just left in the disgust going, this this schlub. You're not even Jewish. Why are you saying the word schlub? I've been hearing the word schlub since I was a little guy. And according to Ancestry.com, I'm 1% Jewish. So I can say the word schlub. <laughs> So yeah, man, that was it, dude. That was it. I messed up, dude. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get the cookie, bro. <laughs> but you know, I wasn't there for that, so I don't give a shit. But it's funny though, because me and Armando, we went to uh, went to a winery. Uh, a winery, dude. I thought you left the winery. I apologize. We went to Jack in the Box. We got a ride to Jack in the Box. Somebody gave us a ride. I forgot who. And um, I'm sitting there after I ordered my food. You know, you know, barely conscious hating it because I guess I cross, you know, wine with liqueur or liquor or, you know, scotch and my body wasn't having it. And so we go to the drive through window after we order our food and I, this is in San Jose now, I think. And we order our food and I guess uh, I had the window down and the gust of wind of, you know, cooking and all that stuff that they're doing inside of Jack in the Box comes through the window and then comes through my window I take a whiff of that and I can't even take it anymore I put my my mouth out of the window and pull my head out it was like four of those ones dude I had dinner and everything so it's like it's probably I would say about like at least a pound of shit came out of me it was just (laughs) I let it out and you know what's crazy after that I felt so much better I still woke up with a hangover, but I felt so much better after I yacked. And the chick from the drive-thru was like, oh, my God, man. Hey, you got to clean that up right there. You got to No, you got to Oh, my God. She pulled out a bucket of hot water. <laughs> we, took, we went out of the drive-thru. She put a bucket of hot water right there in the drive-thru, and she made me. I did it. I mean, come on. We were just going to take off. That's messed up. I just threw the bucket on the puke. She got another bucket, threw the bucket on the puke. Three buckets till I finally washed off all the puke from that little area. Oh, my God. It was all red, too. I don't know. I think, I don't know what I was drinking. It wasn't Merlot. It was, uh, 
what's that shit called? Oh my god, I'm not a wine dude. Shabbat or something? I don't know. It was, it was, it was a red wine. Ugh, I don't know what it was called. But anyways, after that, I probably had two glasses of wine since that, and that was back in like '05, man. Oh my god, dude. '06, '07. I don't even remember what year. It's funny. I haven't even thought about that story since it happened. <laughs> Oh my god, I hope you guys are doing good, dude. I'm doing alright, I can't complain. Just throwing these podcasts out because we gotta throw something out, right? Yo, shout out to my friends and family. That's right, shout outs to all the homies. This is uh, the Snapchat uh, shout outs. Mikey Covert, Chinguin One, Antolino Madera Jr., Peter, Joaquin Maya, Gabby Poop, JR95002, Rick Alva, what up, dog? How you doing? Tun Tun One. Adalberto with the fork, the plate, and the knife. Jay Gutierrez underscore 14. Edgar Torres. Primo. Rene. Gracie Armijo. How you doing, question lady? What the fuck's been up with you? Haven't heard from you since New Year's. Sam in Chicago. We will see you this week. That's right. At the Vic Theater in Chicago. One show Friday. Two shows Friday. One, the first show sold out. Second show's not sold out. I believe there's tickets still available. And that's January the 12th. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. January the 12th. We will be in Chicago. That's my birthday. That's right. We're going to be selling birthday with Rodrigo Torres. So we'll be there at the Vic Theater. Second show's at 10.30, I believe. Check uh, www.com. Felipezworld.com for tickets and then Saturday will be at the PlayStation Theater in New York City with Luis Guzman hosting, that's right Pachanga from Carlitos Way from Boogie Nights, he'll be there hosting um, and that's going to be January 13th at the PlayStation Theater in New York City, get a rope, right what's up full podcast is coming also, George Valencia, Fred Recker, out there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas. What up, Freddy? Shout out to you. Oh, yeah, and let's not forget Edwin San Juan, the homies in Vegas. Also, La Comadre out there in, uh, where you at? Somewhere up there in the San Joaquin Valley, right? Beckage 03. Respect to my, uh, to my brother, Mr. Uh, funny, man. I had a fucking uh, brain fart over here. Oh, my God. Dude, am I really forgetting his name? Anyways, uh, shout out to Mr. Christopher Lomelli. That's right. Oh, my God. Ah, had a moment there. So, yeah, man. Oh, also, if uh, you guys are in the uh, IE, greater Los Angeles area, if you guys need some framing done, you need patios done, you need windows put in, whatever you need to put in, uh, hit up Triple R Framing at 951-515-0749. Uh, triple R Framing, that's T-R-I-P-L-E-R-F-R-A-M-I-N-G 28 at gmail.com. And you can speak to Junior and he'll hook you up. Also, Madera Plumbing from the IE to the greater Los Angeles area. Hit up um, Tony. He'll hook it up. Uh, any of your plumbing needs, that's at 951-505-0837. 
ladies and gentlemen. And that's what's up, man. That's uh, that's uh, all the info we have on the uh, uh, podcast uh, today. And uh, as far as all the info, um, the shows and uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, oh, I don't even know why. I'm, uh, that's why I'm drunk because I'm over here trying to concentrate and know how to drive. Fuck around and get in a car wreck. That's the worst feeling in the world is getting in a car accident. Big or small, bigger it's even worse. But you, when you get in a car accident, man, it's a worse man, especially in traffic. You know, you gotta go, you gotta go report it. You gotta go, you gotta deal with the other person if they got insurance, and then you gotta wait for your insurance to clear it. Then you gotta take it to the body shop. Then you gotta get a rental. Then you gotta see if the work was done right at the body shop, dude. Just a pain in the ass, dude. So yeah, man, I'm over here navigating. That's why I'm over here. Uh, I'm over here um, <laughs> acting like I'm like you know gonna crash and shit, dude. It's like, dude, what's going on here, man? This, you know, I don't. All everybody's breaking, dude. It's been kind of like nonstop traffic from Riverside to Burbank. I'm not even in Burbank yet, but damn, dude. So you know, I apologize for all those. Uh, I, I never liked it when people say brain farts. It's like, dude, brain farts. Come on, your fucking brain don't fart. You got to. I don't know if there's some kind of gas in there, but it's definitely not a fucking, you know, colon chamber or whatever. <laughs> Try to be all, like, uh, intellectual at the end, huh? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. It's coming back very, very vaguely, man. Ah, oh, dude, I finished watching a, uh, El Chapo, the series on uh, Netflix. It was really good. It was really good, by the way. I really liked it, dude. I enjoyed it. I watched it in about two weeks. I think I watched it all. Uh, I watched, uh, I started watching it with my lady, dude. And then, um, <laughs> that's what we do. We watch stuff sometimes. And, uh, last past weekend, I watched it on my little device and I finished watching it on my device yesterday. And it's cool, dude. I, I liked it a lot, dude. I liked the fact that it was in Spanish, but it was subtitled, but I liked the history that it brought, um, how his career started career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the drug tra- drug trafficking career, you know. It's funny, huh? These narco dudes, you know, you l- use violence and stuff, you know, you're a bad guy. But you're a big old pharmaceutical, multi-trillion dollar corporation. No violence, but, you know, you're responsible for all these people being addicted to your product. And you're a savior. <laughs> That's a, you know, horrible comparison, but nevertheless... You get my drift, right? So it was cool, man. Like, I don't know if you guys know uh, about Enrique Kiki Camarena. Uh, he was a uh, drug enforcement uh, agent. Uh, he was born in Redlands, or de- at least grew up there. Kiki was his uh, his uh, his nickname. But he was the one in the game right there in uh, Guadalajara. Was pretty much, I think, the most uh, where he was uh, where he was at getting intel and uh, eventually his death and torture led to the uh to the uh capture of uh Carro Quintero uh who was a major like marijuana trafficker back in the 80s and also the doctor the doctor that tortured him that kept him alive this is a messed up story because I, when I was in law school I forgot the name of the case but uh the way that they got the doctor they kept like, the doc they used a doctor to keep uh Kiki Camarena alive while they tortured him I don't know what type of torturing they did to him, whether they pulled out his fingernails, they, you know, shocked him. They used, like, you know, they used, like, they electrocute people on their private parts, dude. 
and it's in you know on the most most sensitive areas of your body. But what they did, they, you know, it's definitely a fact that they tortured them. Uh, I gotta look back in my old case books or whatnot because the whole thing was that his attorneys, that the doctor's attorneys, basically were saying that he was not extradited properly. And, and the way he was brought to the U.S. was illegal, so they had to give him back to Mexico. In the end, they ended up keeping him here, and I think he's still in jail, the guy. And if you're a physician, man, I don't know what's up with your ethics. To, to, why would you do that to somebody? But also, when you got, like, that uh, platinum gun on the back of your head from a cartel, I'm sure you're not going to You kind of throw the ethics out the window because if you don't do what they say, you know, your brains get splattered on the wall. So this uh, physician was, uh, they caught him. I don't know how they caught him or if the DEA caught him or the FBI or whatever, but they threw him over the border. Um, and then once over the border on the American side, I believe right there, in, uh, I don't know if it was uh, a part of San Diego, they scooped him up, they uh, arrested him, and the rest is history. But that goes back to what I was going to say about uh, Carro Quintero. I, remember, I mean, I remember being a kid and hearing him in songs, but I remember the movie called, I believe it's titled Drug Wars now. And the guy that played Carlo Quintero is um, none other than the great actor himself. Dude, another one's like, dude, I don't know why these names are keep escaping me, dude. It's a, a man of a Puerto Rican persuasion, Mr. Benicio Del Toro. Um, he was the one that played uh, Carlo Quintero. And then Kiki Camarena was played by none other than Stephen Bauer. And back when the movie came out, I don't know if it was titled Drug Wars... But uh, I think that's the name of the, the the movie, Drug Wars. Back in the day, I don't know how my mom recorded it, but it was back in the day when everybody was recording VHS tapes, you know, making their own movies. And then, you know, you ask your neighbor, you got this movie here, I'll let you borrow this movie, let me borrow that movie. I mean, the, the VHS trade back in the day was enormous. And I, that was my time when I was a little kid. You know, and before that, I guess it was beta. <laughs> I wasn't really a beta person. I came in the tail end of that. It wasn't until my uh, parents got um, a, v- a VHS uh, player they started getting the realm of that. You know what I mean? Back in the day, those big old VHS players. So everybody was dubbing um, movies. And one of the movies that was dubbed that we liked, that we liked a lot and that uh, fed into the folklore and when uh, that whole thing was going down, it was during the Reagan era, uh, was that story of Enrique Quique Camarena. And uh, El Chapa opens up with... Um, the. F- with um, that guy getting arrested, Carro Quintero getting arrested, and for uh, doing what he did to uh, that DEA agent, which now, uh, in modern day, today, right now, I believe, uh, I don't know if he's a junior, but he's definitely his son. Uh, Enrique Camarena's son is a uh, federal prosecutor, I believe, here in uh, Los Angeles. So, uh, yeah, the, the El Chapo story opens up with that, and then. Um, that guy goes into jail, and then there's this guy named Amado, I forgot, El Patron, and then uh, El Señor de los Cielos, um, he's in there. I never really knew the history of him. I would hear every now and then in some songs, you know, a little name and shit, and uh, El Chapo's like an underling working for those dudes, and then he makes a move because he wants to get bigger That uh, in uh, tunnels and shit. He wants to go directly with, uh, well, first he asks permission, and then he goes directly with uh, Escobar. And uh, I thought the casting was great. I thought Chapo looked uh, just like him. All right, very, very similar. That was cool. And I like that little history it brought. Uh, it brought. And also, when it gets uh, when stuff gets, starts getting all tighter, uh, what's his name starts making money. And the craziest thing about it was uh, the 48 hours. 
because he goes over there and tells them he can do it in four days or in three days. That that other guy, um, El Señor de los Cielos, is lagging, and he can do it faster. And that guy's like, fuck that, three days ain't shit. What else can you do? And that's when he says, two days, 48 hours. And at this whole same time, uh, the the tunnel was barely getting built for El Chapo, where they're gonna pass all that coke through. I don't know if it was a ton or two tons. It's a lot of coke. It's raining coke. And they get that tunnel done, and they have to pay off all these people on the way there. And the same guy, El Señor de los Cielos, is like trying to stifle his progress. And hopefully he gets busted. And all this stuff, dude. But in the end, El Chapo prevails. And he starts garnering more power. Um, they bust uh, uh, El Patron. He goes to jail. Then uh, who else comes in the mix? The Beltran Leva brothers. But then they, uh, oh, not even those dudes. It was the guys before that are like the Felix, uh, what is it like? Uh, what were their names? forgot those two they were notorious dudes in tj they're i think one of them is in jail and one of them's dead um Ariano felix brothers those dudes one was like super crazy if you didn't like the way you laughed the dude will just shoot your ass in a club it's really like not cool stuff but you know whatever you're pumping your system full of those drugs who knows what'll happen so those and i believe they're called acevedos uh in that in uh the chapel show so it shows you all the breaks, you, breaks down all the like the history with like different names. They switch the names out, around a little bit. And also when that dude got busted, El Patron, that dude, Ama, uh, I don't know if his name is Amado. I'm kind of getting him confused right now. Um, he, uh, they bust him and then the government comes into effect with him and breaks down the territories of where these dudes, who's going um, to run this uh, city, who's going to run this, uh, this territory. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, this guy right here, dude, with the Air Force sticker cut, cutting everybody off. Yeah, there you go. Man, I'm driving. It's crazy. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Um, they, they break down the territories, and then that's kind of like when the fighting starts a little bit. Another thing that was interesting about the show was the government's role, alleged role, in uh, making it happen, dude. Like, you know, getting paid off, all the corruption. And it's a trip because it goes from the Salinas administration which was six years, to Cedillo, another six years, to, what was it, Fox, another six years, to Calderon, another six years. So that's just 12, 12, that's like 24 years, you know? And there's this, the whole time there's this dude that kind of snuck his way in there. I mean, tactically, you know, you can't hate on that. You can't hate on the hustle. But his name was Coronel Sol. I haven't looked him up of like what's his real name in the whole uh, play of things. But uh, he was a sneaky little dude. But he figured out a way. You know what I mean? Because the corruption was happening when he was like, um, he was an attorney uh, working for a, a bigger dude in the administration. I think it's, uh, and he uh, he uh, got in there by ways of like you know knowing information and you know getting documents and stuff. And also the general that he ended up working for. He, he actually ended up thrown under the bus and killing because there was a big old story about him. So it's a real cool show. If you don't really know too much, it kind of breaks it down. And I guess this is like um, all stuff taken from like, you know, news reports, not necessarily gossip, but just like official reports that were uh, a little gathered during these times. 
So I don't know if there's going to be a third season. There was two seasons. The first season had like, I believe, what, nine, nine episodes. The second season had 12. It's done. I watched it all, and I thought it was a really good show. It's kind of weird because I watched Game of Thrones. Um, I was I, I was late to that, but I watched it. It was a really cool show. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I wanted more. I was like, and to be honest with you guys, I don't even know. I don't even know what happened. Um, I didn't know what happened. I'm over here driving. I apologize, but I got to put something out, right? Uh, Game of Thrones was awesome. And I haven't really watched TV besides um, game, before Game of Thrones The Sopranos. I watched that throughout its entirety. And after that, I'm, I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm for a while. And I stopped watching it. I don't know why. What was the, what was the other show? Life and Time of Tim was a good show. There was something else I was watching. But I'm trying to get back into the whole thing of watching shows. I used to be, I was never a Seinfeld guy. Hey, what's the deal with that? Can't you stop us on the... So uh, Chapo is getting me reinvigorated into um, watching uh, watching uh, shows, TV shows. And Netflix, dude, has been doing a kick-ass job. Uh, so, yeah, man, I just wanted to say that. So that's why I like Chapo, which brings me to this. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. A, a lot of people um, knew about this, obviously, if you're into, like, Instagram and you follow all that stuff and, you know, all that nautical stuff. And uh, there was a little dude. He was called El Pirata de Culiacán, like a little dude. Like, he became an Instagram star. And this dude, I guess, was talking crap. And TJ, and this is, oh, this is what I was, you know, the severity of these, like, you can't, like, I mean, I know it's funny to say that, like, you know, the U.S. is, you know, fighting the war on drugs and everything, which is uh, nice and, you know, dandy and all that. But, dude, you can't really mess with these cartels, man. Like, dude, this is, like, serious business, dude. Like, there was this kid talking crap it was called the pirata de culiacan he was an instagram star and he was just saying some words or whatever he said some bad things man and then he was taken care of dude they ended up uh killing him dude right there in uh in tj um you know these cartels do not play um i remember being in zacatecas dude and uh i was messing around saying some words and my cousin uh pulled me to the side he's like hey dude this ain't america dude you can't be, I mean, dude, it's funny and shit, but you can't be over here, like, you know, making jokes about, like, cartel stuff, dude. Because if a dude's chilling here from that cartel, or not even that cartel, they don't like the fact that you brought that up. They're not going to think twice, dude. They're going to put two bullets in your heads quick, dude. They might even shoot my ass. So please, dude, don't don't be saying stupid shit. And that's when I was like, damn, dude. Because then uh, where my family's from in Zacatecas, they're, uh, I have family that lives in Fresnillo. I also have family that lives in the city of Zacatecas, Zacatecas, Zacatecas. Um, and in Fresnillo, dude, it's it's crazy right now. It's still with, um, I, I mean, I haven't been there in like over a year or less than a year. Uh, but dude, like in Fresnillo alone, it's like 11, 12 dead every day. Like, you know, and it's like, it's crazy out there, man. It's like, they don't even, you know, they don't play. And I guess one of the reasons too that uh, Fresnillo is one of those spots is because the uh, the highways right there are just so close to go to Durango, to go this way, to go that way. So it's a it's a vantage point, like a strategic like um, vantage point for their routes and shit. So yeah, man, they don't play, dude, over there. They don't play with that shit. And you know, rest in peace, El Pirata de Culiacán. But yeah, man, 
It's funny because people are keyboard warriors on uh, on social media and stuff, and they talk crap to people. They talk crap to celebrities, and like you know, whatever. Nothing's gonna happen to you. But over there in Mexico, it's a different game, dude. Excuse me, uh, it's a different game, dude. These fools do not play, man. They do not play. I remember in 2008, I went with my uncle to Yorecuaro, uh, Michoacan, in La Piedad. And we went out there because he was looking for an engineer to move to Zacatecas to do the job he was doing for these people that were growing tomatoes out there. And uh, homeboy said he, he he liked the money, but he was actually from Sinaloa. But his, his wife didn't like the cold seasons in Zacatecas, so he couldn't do it. But we were out there, and it was same around the same time where they shot up that club and they rolled eight heads into that uh, that discotheque in um, in Michoacan, which is actually Michoacan is the hometown of uh, what's his name, um, the president at that time, uh, Felipe Calderon. So yeah, man, it's crazy out there. You can't be really be uh, messing around with those cartels, dude. Whatsoever, man. But uh, yeah, man, that's one thing about that show that I liked. That it just showed, like, uh, it showed all that dynamic, dude, between the government, also the DEA, and how they were working with uh, El Chapo and all that stuff. So, that was a really interesting show. And also, because I, I was into all that stuff, into it, like, you know, not, like, fucking into it in the game or any of that shit. I mean, come on. Um, but into it as far as, like, you know, the folklore and all that stuff. And also, I remember just being a kid and, all, and listening to, like, Tigres and Norte songs back in the day. And they were already speaking about that stuff. Um, not about anybody specifically. Well, you know, El Zorro de Ojinaga, he was like a pilot. And uh, he has some fame to him, too. But they had a bunch of songs before all this shit was popping off. Before all these, you know, the, the Quebradita days, the Rancholo days, all that shit. And uh, the other guy that spoke on it for sure that actually had authentic songs as well was uh, Chalino Sanchez. And he he's actually one of the the real OGs, dude, and uh, really uh, had songs about all that stuff, dude. And he had a crazy story, too, because from what I heard, he ended up uh, in Norwalk, raised a family, had a, also what, his son, Adan Sanchez, who ended up uh, getting uh, murdered, dude, um, or died in a car wreck, whatever you want to say. Uh, he was... Uh, he came from Sinaloa because supposedly he he went to TJ first and then to in Norwalk. But he was uh, allegedly, I guess, uh, his sister was raped by some guy. So this dude went up to that dude after that happened, shot and killed him. Went to go hide out in the in La Sierra um, for some time. People would bring him food and stuff, and then he took off to uh, TJ, and then from TJ to uh, to uh, to Cali, dude. And, um, yeah, man, he was a real thing. He, he sang from the heart. Nobody at that point in time, it was more like people that had like, you know, that, that voice that were trained. I don't think like, you know, uh, I don't know if Chente was trained, but I know Antonio Aguilar was trained cause he had more of a, he, he used to sing opera till somebody finally grabbed that fool and said, you know what? Fuck all this opera shit. Throw on a fucking, uh, a charro outfit and start singing the classics and the rest is history. Uh, so he was really, he was a rugged dude, a non-traditional dude, uh, um, Chalino Sanchez, and that's why people loved him. But it's a trip because Chalino Sanchez didn't become the Salino Ch- Sanchez everybody knows till after his death. It's a trip, dude. It's the same thing with, like, Selena, dude. Everybody, uh, everybody, uh, everybody, I never heard about Selena, or Selena, whatever, which way you say, was, I never heard about her 
until uh, she died. I mean, it's sad and shit, but then she became a mega star, you know. She was big, but then became, like, super, super, super enormous after that. So, yeah, man. Chalino. Cartels. <laughs> uh, El Chapo. A little story about uh, <laughs> Gilroy. Oh, oh, yeah. And one more thing I wanted to add for today. Uh, I know there's been like, you know, I guess there's going to be some uh, executive action taking place or uh, Trump wants to deport over 200,000 Salvadorian um, immigrants back to El Salvador. That sucks. Um, And I think some of his policies do do suck. I mean, those Muslim bans is like, come on, really, dude, Muslims, really, dude. I mean, dude, give me a break. That's like saying all Mexicans are rapists. Really, dude? Come on, man. Get out of here with that baloney. But I, go, I guess he knows how to shock his base or move his base. I guess that's what it's based on now these days, right? Nobody wants to be cool anymore. Nobody wants to live in harmony. That's what I still don't understand. I always tripped out on people when they get drunk and they, uh, they start crying or they start getting violent. Like, you need that to express yourself, dude. You can't express yourself soberly. Crazy, dude. I I never understood why people don't want to live in peace. Like, you want to say, hey, what's up to your neighbor? Just be cool with everybody. Dude, I used to be shy, dude. That's why I didn't even say shit. But, like, I I go out of my way to be nice. Or just to be recognized as a nice person, dude. Like, if I died tomorrow, I'd be like, dude, I don't know. He wasn't really a dick. He was really cool. I don't, you know, I'm sure everybody has bad days when somebody can catch up to your ass and, you know, get you on a bad day. But, dude, man, what's up with that, dude? So, yeah, man, this is, uh... It was uh, put out, I guess, Monday as I seen it, um, and a lot of uh, people from El Salvador are uh, bummed out, which I would be bummed out too, man, because it's crazy over there. And that's mentioning the way that like Mexico is, you know, you think Mexico screwed up, El Salvador is to the curb. And one of the reasons why Mexico isn't as messed up as the rest of the Latin American countries, in my eyes, in my theory, and my belief, is the fact that they're right next door to the U.S. If uh, Mexico was where Nicaragua is at, oh, dude, it'll be over. Uh, but they're not. They're um, right next door to the U.S. I mean, El Salvador is crazy, dude. Crazy, dude. I know people from Musulután. I know people from San Salvador. And they say, dude, it's, it's, it is beat up over there. It is crazy, man. People just, it's like straight kill your ass for anything, dude. La delincuencia, vos. So with that being said, um, I know the state of California is putting together, um, I think, a package to help... Uh, people from El Salvador that are going to be affected by this, uh, by this, uh, policy, if it goes into effect, you know, the, uh, commander in chief is always talking a bunch of crap, but you know, we don't know if that crap talking will, uh, will, uh, uh, affect anybody if it actually goes into effect. Uh, I know the, uh, Xavier Becerra, the, uh, attorney general from the state of California said that, uh, Somebody fought that, uh, somebody is appealing what, uh, Trump busted out against that. So in this moment, they can't really do anything for him or that, that it's not going to come into effect. Uh, but also the city of Los Angeles, I think is already like gathering a, a nice little, uh, a nestle of money to, to hang, to help out anybody affected by that. And also too, folks, I mean, man, we as Latinos and I'm not, this ain't for Latinos. This ain't for anybody in particular. This is just for people that are, uh, have that stance, that humanitarian aspect to you. You like to do good stuff for good people. But also, um, I don't want to be uh, shedding any light or 
in essence, showing any favoritism to anybody or any particular group. But you have to get in there. You have to vote. If you've got the power to vote, because your county supervisors have uh, almost more power at large than any state senator, but you also got to hit them. you got to hit your congressmen. You have to write. You have to actually get active. Um, it's funny because when all these things come up, uh, oh, it's always the celebrities that come on. We're going to help you. We're going to do that. But to me, deep down inside, I think celebrities are doing that just for likes and to stay relevant. I mean, that's just it. I, it sucks to say. I mean, you know, and I was like, oh, fuck that, dude. You're just talking shit, dude. Because, I mean, the whole thing is if you're really going to help somebody out, open your bedroom and let somebody stay there. Oh, I don't know about all that, bro. But it's good to stay out in the public eye because then you're looked at as a good person. But you have to get active on those buttons and call those people, man. You have to send emails out, dude. If you have the power to vote, that's why you have to vote. You have to vote in locally, in state elections, dude, because that's the only way it's going to be done. And uh, and you can't just be woke now just because Donald Trump's in office. You have to be woke always, you know. And yeah, so and I think that uh, that that uh, that that court battle is for the DACA students. So nothing's really going to happen until they um, until that appeal is uh, answered or whatnot. But yeah, um, also go. Uh, it's uh, the citizen information, uh, citizen immigration services under the uh, umbrella of Homeland Security. That's how you can get your um, your uh, if you want to become a citizen, you can do your application there. But just remember that you have to fill out that application to the T, and you can't lie on it. Uh, Immigration uh, attorneys um, can do the same thing for you, but they're just going to charge you like 400 bucks an hour, or 400 bucks to write a letter. But if you have, if you're an English speaker, if you uh, if if you totally understand the English language, help out anybody that you can to sign the, that paperwork so they can become a citizen in the legal sense of the word, um, and fill that out to the T. If anybody's sponsoring you, you can do that too. Um, and that's just my buddy, my buddy Shimon Singleton. If you guys have any questions on that, I'll, I'll hit him up or you can hit me up and, um, I'll see what he says. You know what I mean? But he says you're pretty much stuck on that's the only way to, to, for a legalized citizenship to do it that, in that fashion. And sometimes that fashion will take some time, but the only thing is, that's why I tell you to fill out the paperwork, um, as accurate as possible or accurately is because if you get denied, you can't sign up again for another 10 years. And a lot of those, there's a lot of immigration services that um, charge you hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars, to do what you can do for free for friends and family members um, alike or anybody that needs help. And uh, you can help me, hit me up with any of those questions at uh, yeahmanpodcast at gmail.com. And that's Y-E-A-M-A-N-P-O-D. C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Other than that, that's it. Uh, we'll hit you guys back later on this week. Uh, I think by Sunday. I'll have, a, I'll have I'll at least have one guest. I think it'll be Catsplain, a.k.a. Martin Rizzo. So we'll be out in NYC getting some victims. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I've seen some uh, more comments on the, uh, on the uh, iTunes uh, page. Thank you very much. Please hit, hit us up with more comments. Keep shining. Have a wonderful week. I'll hit you guys up by Sunday. Yeah, man. And check out this tune. Remember, it's Tigres del Norte Month on the Yeah, Man podcast.
soon. Hell yeah. Check it out. I forgot to mention earlier, we do have a show on January the 16th at the Brea Improv. That's right, right there in Brea, California. You can uh, go to the Improv uh, website and look at Brea, and it should be on out there. And there's tickets available. Um, all the proceeds. I'm not, I'm, this is what I'm finally um, going to say it now. But <coughs> any of the money made there, and all of it will go to uh, Isaac Flaco Martinez. He still has a lot of stuff to pay for, like his rehab clinic. So that's going to uh, go for that. The people that are going to be on the show is going to be myself, Martin Rizzo. And Johnny Roque and a special guest. And that's Tuesday, January 16th at the Brad Improv at 8 p.m. You guys be cool. Keep shining. And I'm out of here for real this time. Yeah, man. Oh, and don't forget to go on uh, <laughs> this guy. You don't stop, huh? Don't forget to go on, uh, on iTunes and SoundCloud and leave some comments. Whatever you want to say, you know? All right. I'm out. Late.